0: Thanks for tuning in. So glad you are here. Happy Sunday after Thanksgiving and Sunday before Advent starts next Sunday, and we lean into that season. But we're grateful you're here. And if this is your first time, we say a special welcome to you, and would invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner, or leave a comment in the chat, or if you're watching this on YouTube, to scroll to the bottom and there's a link to the connection card there. And we would love to know who you are, email address, prayer request you might have, or if there's a question you might might be able to answer. But we are certainly glad. That you've tuned in and we certainly hope it's not your last time. And then if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you also and are grateful that you've tuned in today. And again, you can use the same connection card, uh, comment in the chat or at the, in the description here on YouTube, just to connect with us and let us know what we may need to know here. But we are grateful for this online Linden Road worship experience to connect us. And so, so glad you're here want to share a recap of our thanks living experience. We were the ninth evening here in the Mansfield community of eight other churches who came together over nine nights to offer a worship experience to connect people in this time of Thanksgiving.
1: All my words were short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do Every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah But I know it's not much But I've nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing,
0: hallelujah, hallelujah. We're so grateful for those that showed up and the experience that they shared in. One other item we want to share is the loss of our friend Dan Feldman. Dan was a key part of uh, who Linden Road has been for these many years. We want to pray specifically for his wife Lynn. as She walks through a season. The celebration of life will be next weekend. Dan modeled for many what a servant's heart is. Uh, His love for Jesus, and I know it started early in his life, but even as he journeyed in his long career as a Mansfield uh, firefighter here in our community, that it was clear just the way he he carried himself in so many different ways of of loving others more than he loved himself. It was an example of Jesus to everyone that he met. We know that he lost his battle to cancer On Wednesday morning, but we also know that he won the victory in Jesus, and so we rejoice in that. Please be in prayer for Lynn and the children and uh, the rest of his extended family, and as we celebrate a life that was good, but uh, was way too short.
2: The church is at a tipping point cultural moment full of distraction from growing division, we're leaving the next generation unseen and with unmet needs. And they're abandoning their faith at an alarming rate by more than one million every year. That's two more people just by the time you finish watching this video. This is important for all of us. For the next generation, as they approach adulthood isolated Anxious about the state of the world without the hope of Jesus or the support from a community of faith and for the church, as we miss the opportunity to learn from and care for a generation of leaders, thinkers, and innovators whose perspective and tenacity would shape the next chapter of the church and its work in the world. So, what can we do? We're making a 10 year commitment to the next generation to change the way we listen to, support and disciple together, and to partner with leaders in reaching and caring for the next generation. We don't have all the answers, but we know it's time to start the conversation. Why? To see the world that could be, where young people are engaged in honest relationships with Jesus within a community of faith. To see congregations and parishes practice the way of Jesus, expressing God's love to all generations. To see faith matter more to 10 million young people over the next 10 years. But it'll take all of us.
0: in our third and final week of our series called Purposeful Living, where we've spent some time trying to better understand just the culture in which we live, just even the generational culture we live in. We think about the generations as they're described. Gen Z are those that are ages 11 to 26, and then the Millennials are the next older group, which is 27 to 42. And Gen X is those that are age 43 to 58, and the Boomers are those 59 to 68, And then the elders are those that are older than that. And so as we think about these various age groups, the one thing that I want to point out as we look at scripture today is, despite the age ranges, that all of us have been created by God with a purpose and that he has equipped us to do and live a life of impact. As we lean into today's message, I want to give us three points about what does it mean to live a life of purpose? Well, first of all, we begin with this key idea that you have been uniquely empowered. Uh, I want to draw on uh, the Apostle Paul's writings to the church at, at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. They are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. That's 1 Corinthians 12:1 through 11. And so what we have here is Paul is emphasizing that there is a diversity in spiritual gifts, but they are all given by the same Holy Spirit, by the same Lord and God. Even to be reminded, Jesus tells us this. In John chapter 15 as we think about these gifts he says yes I am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit and this is the key part here in this verse is for apart from me you can do nothing so in all the things we talk about and understanding we need to be reminded that that who we are and what we're able to do that apart from Jesus we can't do anything and for us to have a great understanding that we are able to do all things through Christ if we're connected to him. But when we walk as his sons and daughters, we can accomplish much greatness. As we walk with him, we can accomplish all that he has called us to do, and that's a good thing. Now, we also need to be reminded that every believer, all of us, that if we love Jesus, we have equal access to the same power of the Holy Spirit And yet we need to be reminded that that power comes to each one of us in a unique way through our our own unique giftings. Now, we also need to say that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, then not only does it change us on the inside, but it also empowers us to make a difference in the world. Also, too, the gospel is not only personal to each of us, it also leads us to live a life of purpose. And, And that's where I want to talk about our friend Dan Feldman. I think when we ponder his long career at the fire department, which he did an amazing job, I also know that it's his long uh, career, if you will, his long calling as a son of God, as a follower of Jesus, how that wired him to make a difference in so many different ways. Even as I was in the hospital with his friends and family would stop by to hear the stories of just all that he was. And that legacy then empowers us to think about who we need to be and the impact that we can make and the beauty of that and tension too of the the loss of, of his presence with us but we know that he is with with Jesus and there's confidence in that. And so when we see a life lived like that then we see these words from Paul that uh, we can see how the Holy Spirit does function in us if you will that he does enable us to do amazing things. And that we know, too, that it, those amazing things can, it can only be done by the Holy Spirit, who allows us to begin first by confessing Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And just because there's a sense of unity doesn't mean that we're all the same. And that's a good thing, right? In fact, we need to be reminded that unity is not accomplished by where we erase our differences, but it's where we get a chance to recognize how each of us are are wired and how we're gifted and how together we can work in harmony to make Jesus known to those around us. Our friends at the Barna Group remind us that despite the times we live in, and they're talking to Gen Z, even though it's relatively peaceful, at least there aren't any world conflicts, although there's a lot going on in the Middle East, that currently most young adults are not optimistic or even uh, positive in their thinking about the future. In fact, they say that just two out of five or 40% 40% claim to be optimistic about the future, and that only 34% say they often feel able to accomplish their goals. And so what drives us in this conversation here in our worship experience and our message this week is how do we help all of us in our relationships with each other to better understand how to make a difference in the world? Priscilla Shire, Tony Evans's daughter, says each one of us is essential to the mission of the church. And I think that's so true. And yet I, I think also that the Gen Z, uh, the, our young people, are very much aware of all the things that are in front of us, and all the social, societal and uh, political challenges that are in front of us and the divisions that exist. I think they, like many of us, feel overwhelmed by that. So as we've been in this series, part of the conversation I've wanted to help shape in our own minds is, is how do we be a church that can place and empower uh, all of us to have impact in the midst of all this messiness so the question i want us to wrestle through together young and old when you think about the various generations is how can we as a faith community as a church place how can we as a faith community create opportunities for others to have an impact on these very issues about the culture and about the times in which we live and for our Gen Z friends, part of what we need to do is ask them, what is it that they're concerned about? What is it the issues that are in front of them that they feel that we should lean into? And, and let's have a dialogue and a conversation about how do we partner together to impact the world? And so we talk about first, we've been uniquely empowered. And then to be reminded that each of us, that you are a uniquely diverse masterpiece. Again, back to Paul's writings here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says in verse 12, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, this body has many different parts, not just one. And we see this metaphor of the human body that Paul is writing about here." And it helps us to see the unique design and the purpose of the church. And quite simply, God has created each person on purpose with a purpose. And and then what that does is allows us to see the beauty and the, the reality and the the diversity of how God has wired us. I mean, just uh, look around and see God's deliberate nature and his design and how it plays out in the wonder of his creation. And so what Paul's doing here is he's, He's highlighting this uh, diversity that exists between uh, Jews and Gentiles and, and slave and free. That what Paul's trying to get us to see here and emphasize in a real way is how all of us as followers of Jesus are unified into one body in Jesus Christ. Regardless of our race or our social standing or our economic standing and background, that all of us are united in faith and we're united in who Jesus Christ is and that we serve together as the foundation for making the world work. It's about us being together. And what that does is it underscores how the Gospel has the ability to break down barriers and to establish a whole brand new understanding, this beautiful uh, tapestry and masterpiece that God's created the church to be. And we know that in the time in which Paul's writing, there's all sorts of messiness with slavery and the class system and even the ethnic differences that existed. Those are all very common then. But what happens with the gospel, the gospel then challenges us in these boundaries. And the beauty that we get to show is the church as a community where these barriers are broken down. And yet what's beautiful in that is the uniqueness of each of us. Each nation or each people group isn't lost. Even the idea of why we did the God's field, uh, thanks living over nine different nights in nine different churches with nine different traditions and nine different ways. And yet the beauty of being reminded, even as I said, that uh, one song rang true without any planning or coordinating. It was six of the nine churches chose this song, Gratitude, to encourage us. And so what that really shows is that uh, this core concept that we have been reconciled uh, to God, and because of that, we've been reconciled to each other. We can use our unique gifts our unique story, and each of us, the way we're, we're passionate about the things that God's made us passionate about, to then offer our unique understanding, our unique voice for the beauty of what the community can be and that the community that we're called to be a part of. Even to say it this way that there is one church with many expressions, right? And that every individual and every church organization in its own understanding of the gospel, that we need that. We need that kind of diversity. And when we think about how diverse this generation is, Gen Z, as I understand it, is the first generation in which the majority is not white and Caucasian in the world, that actually the, the ethnicity is much larger and it's the first time it, it actually tipped uh, during COVID, as I understand it. And and so it says that the world is going to look much different 10 and 20 and 30 years from now. And and as we draw on that idea of diversity, not that divides us, but actually unites us into a common uh, mosaic of what God wants to do. One of the champions of the Christian faith today is Christine Kane, who runs the A21 organization. Melinda and I have heard her speak many times. And I really appreciate her thoughts on this idea of reminding us that in Christ, our differences are not barriers, but are bridges to deeper fellowship and understanding, and the beauty of that. And that as Christine has led through her organization, that in particular, Gen Z, uh, she has helped them shape and sharpen their impact into the world, particularly around the issues of justice and the openness of understanding who all people are. Now, there's a couple of questions we need to ask about how we're doing here in our own church? How are we doing in terms of serving people that look different than we do? And I think we do a pretty good job in those moments in opportunity of being in community with each other, that we have an opportunity even in the church on Sunday morning here in worship to have an impact across generations and even people who have different abilities. So we think about first that you've been uniquely empowered and that You, secondly, are uniquely diverse as a masterpiece. But then it's this core concept as we wrap up here, this idea of community through common unity. And I, I like the way this sort of plays out. Again, Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 15, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, Would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most important, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the whole body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other, if one part suffers all parts suffer with it and if one part is honored all parts are glad all of you together are christ's body and each of you is a part of it so what does that mean we need to understand that there is this cooperation if you will of operating together as one cohesive group of followers of jesus and what paul wants us to see is that there's no single part of the body that can claim that it doesn't belong simply because it's different than the other parts. Every part Paul wants us to see, regardless of its function, are all integral to being the body. And the truth I think Paul wants us to wrap our mind around is that strength can only be found when we work together and when we work with a sense of common unity. So what Paul does here is he points towards the the way we have dependence on the various parts of the body. Uh, that he's, he wants us to see that there's no gift or individual that's insignificant, The diversity within the body is, is important. He's saying that if each part had the same function or played the same role, the body would lack function and harmony. And that's part of what we need to see here from Generation A, which I didn't even mention, which is actually those that are younger than eight, age 11 years. Uh, that's the Gen Alpha. That's the next group coming up that all of us together, from, from Gen A through uh, the elders, through the greatest generation, are that it's the viewpoints that, that we need to see that each of us, as a member of each age group, of each generation, that all of us together are part of a greater whole. And we need to approach what we can bring together with this idea of being interdependent, and to do it with humility. Now, what Paul's doing here is, He's asserting that God intentionally designed and placed each part of the body where he intended them to be. Now think about that, that we're here on purpose, with a purpose, as we said. What Paul does, too, is he rejects the notion that there are some portions of the body that value their independence more than others. And what he wants us to see is how we're all interdependent upon each other. And that even when we think about how we do life, right, That there is a mutual joy and a mutual suffering when we are part of the body. When one part suffers, the whole body does. Inversely, when one part rejoices, he says, each part rejoices. It's important for us to lament when others are lamenting. It's important for us to mourn when others are mourning. And then also in those moments when people are celebrating, to join them in celebration, It's this common unity. It can actually be a way for us to show empathy for other people, both inside and outside of where we spend our time. And so it's really important that we see this and embrace this. Now, when we think about Gen Z, one of the things we know for sure about them is that there are issues in front of them that they are very passionate about. Racial injustice, extreme poverty, human trafficking, and climate change, and mental health issues, and even sexual abuse. And those are the top concerns that this generation has, according to Barna. And yet what I think we could see if we could have conversations across the generations is that we would find that there is a common unity here and even an agreement and that these are critical issues and that we need to talk about them. And we know that Gen Z and we know that those that represent the Generation Z group, that they have a deep care for listening and for hearing the voices of different people. In fact, I want to show how relationships really matter. A story here about Adrian, who is a young man. His friend Jonathan sent him a letter and it changed the course of his life. Check it out here.
3: I party a lot. I partied a lot. I've partied everywhere. I feel like partying helped me with the fact that I've lost a lot of people in my life. It was one of my first few lead the causes. It was 2019, but we ended the week with, uh, we needed to write a letter to a friend. So I scrolled through my contacts and found Adrian. He was on my baseball team. I hadn't talked to him the whole time, but I had his number. He responded with his address and I wrote the letter. I was in a very dark place at that moment. And so I called Nathan. I was like, I need you, bro. I need you. He was like, come right now. I just told him everything. I'm like, Nathan, I'm tired. I'm tired of running from my problems. Um, I'm tired of being scared of them. I need help. I need help. And so he told me, he was like, Adrian, bow your head. And I bowed my head. Just in those few moments that we're praying, and he tells me, he's like, God is your answer. Are you ready to put your faith and trust? In that moment, I went from the clouds back down to earth. It was our Lord and Savior who saved me. And ever since that day, like yeah, I still struggle sometimes. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's hard to leave a lifestyle that helped you so much. But in all honesty, it got—it's getting easier. It really is getting easier. If it wasn't for Pastor Nathan and Jonathan, I'd—I'd I'd probably be another number, another case. I'd probably be another casket because that's exactly where I was before I met them too and before they showed me the route to Jesus, man. And I'm, I'm gonna be forever thankful for these two. I'm a forever level. When I have realized that God has answered something that I've been praying for, for for four years, somebody who I sent a letter to four years ago, it's kind of crazy to think that like God still moves, um, that he, he listens, and I honestly think that God's gonna change the world with Adrian. I think it's time to change my identity of that crazy partier to that crazy miracle.
0: So just like Jonathan reached out to his friend Adrian, I, I wonder if there's somebody you need to reach out to, somebody that I need to reach out to, to just offer a word of encouragement, to offer a moment of just showing our empathy of maybe what they're working through. In this Thanksgiving Sunday, maybe you could take a moment and send a thank you note, send a text message or a quick email to somebody you're grateful for. Because when we do that, it allows us to make the reality of Jesus real in a very practical way. So to wrap things up and to bring uh, this series to conclusion, I want to ask you, how will you, those of you that are not Gen Z, those of you that are adults and maybe you're a parent or a grandparent how are you going to help gen z to discover their gifts and to celebrate their uniqueness as being a masterpiece think about that i also want to remind us that we know as we've read the scriptures that god has formed us into an amazing tapestry of art by creating each of us with purpose and intention and then just to take it to the next level, he gives us these unique gifts that we have to draw upon each other's talents and each other's giftings, and that the truth is that it's to everyone's benefit that we get along and that we help each other, and that we help each other discover those gifts, and that we actually help each other find a place for us to serve in the kingdom and in, in the church. And then I, I just want to say, if you're a young person watching this or listening to this, that you are a gift and that you have gifts to share that you're not somebody in the future and it's not about when you grow up but it's about right here and now right here in this church and in this community to actually say it's not that you just belong here that more importantly you have something to add that brings value and makes us all better and so with that let's pray god we are grateful for the fact that you've made us your body in a very practical way here on earth. And as we ponder our own unique giftings, may your Holy Spirit bring to light ways that we can make a difference. We pray against the distractions that the evil one wants to bring, but may we lean into a life of purpose that will impact the world for the proclamation of the kingdom. And we pray it through the strong name of Jesus in his name, amen. Again, thanks for being with us this week. So glad you tuned in. Hope your Thanksgiving was blessed. And as we get ready to prepare for Advent starting next Sunday, I pray that through this week you'll be reminded in many ways that you have been blessed to be a blessing. And so go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week.